Welcome, you're listening to the Agile Unemployment Podcast, where in each episode, we take an in-depth look at being out of work. We'll talk about the programs and benefits available to you. We'll talk about the job hunting process itself. And most importantly, we're going to address the psychological and emotional impact that being out of work has on the individual. I'm your host, Sabina Sulat. I'm an HR expert and author. A few years ago, I lost my dream job and found myself unemployed for the first time in my life. I was frustrated by the lack of resources and information available to people out of work. But more than that, I was just stunned by the fact that we don't talk about unemployment. I took my experience and I turned it into a book and I now coach people to build resilience while they're out of work. If you are out of work, if you recently lost your job, or maybe you've been unemployed for a while, or maybe you're just afraid that you might lose your current job, this is the place to be. We're a safe place where we can talk about all aspects of being out of work. We can answer your questions and we can help you build resilience so that when you go back to work, you are stronger and more confident than ever. So let's get started. Hey everybody, it's Sabina. How are you doing? It is the end of October 2023. Can you believe the year is almost over? I can't. Where did it go? There are a few things coming up in the podcast that I definitely want to address. I want to do an end of year look at things. I want to cover things that you should be doing now, whether you are unfortunately out of work, thinking of leaving your job, anything of that nature. That'll be a separate podcast episode. Right now, we're ending the month of October, and I like to look at the unemployment or employment landscape out there. We've been holding steady this year. I know there have been a lot of big layoffs in tech this year. I keep saying this, if you're out of work, it feels like it's been a tough year. If you're impacted, of course it feels tough. It should. It is. The unemployment rate has been steady this year. I think there's been a lot of fluctuation in who's unemployed, but we've been at a steady 3.6, 3.8 for most of the year. And that's across all areas. That's in the U.S., of course. I know we have a lot of global listeners. I tend to stay U.S.-focused. That's what I know. Our inflation rate is anywhere between 3.8 and 4.1 right now at the end of October. Things are going down from where they were earlier in this year. It never goes down fast enough. We all know this. And we feel it at the end of the year, holidays are coming, we want to spend, we don't want to spend when prices are high, there's not a lot we can do about it, hoping, let's have faith, do the best we can. I will have another episode about how to handle the end of the year, especially if you are out of work or job insecure. But today's podcast is something that's been on my mind. A lot of people ask me about it, and I'll just get right to it. I want to talk today about AI, artificial intelligence, and the job search. I never intended to do a podcast episode about this for a whole host of reasons. First of all, 
not my area of expertise. I will be the first person to own that. Also, I have very mixed feelings about it, especially given what I do. But it keeps coming up, and actually this episode has been inspired by two different things. I recently had a new client who is very tech-focused, and they grilled me on my thoughts of using AI and the job search. It was an interesting session for me. I definitely felt the, the light bulb is on me, the big spotlight, and someone kept asking me question after question. At the end of what was an intense hour, we'd gone a half hour over our allotted time. He stated that, in his opinion, I had answered his questions better than he expected. I will take that. And I'd given him a lot to think about. I think that's the most I could have expected, considering I had no idea that this was going to be the focus of our discussion. Coming in cold, I think I held my own. I have been dabbling in it. Of course I have. We all are doing it. And I use it very lightly. Sometimes I'll use it for a post I'm writing. Sometimes I'll use it for a task. For example, I used a platform to try to figure out a title for my second book, which I swear to you it's coming out soon. I've had mixed results with my artificial intelligence experimentation. That's a tongue twister. Despite my having given the book title platform what I thought was great information on where I wanted to go with the title, the results were less than spectacular. The posts that I've written with AI, they're some of my least reacted to posts. I don't know how to feel about that. Part of me feels good, and then it makes me question AI. But I'll get back to my synopsis of all of this at the end of the podcast. I also recently used it to help an organization write a job description. And I did do a search of which platform is good at that. And I had some very interesting results. And before you ask, yes, I did tell the client I was going to use AI. I asked them if they had a problem with that. And they were like, no, we love that you're doing that. And let us know what you find out. Okay, let's take a deeper dive into all of this. First of all, some of you listening might want to know, and I think it's always good to start out with, what do we mean by AI, artificial intelligence? Common definition is, and this is where it gets scary for some of us, it's when machines are trained to think like humans. What that means is someone has developed a program that is set up to look at and apply patterns to the information it receives and to collate that. That's what computers do. And like most technology, AI is getting more and more sophisticated because like anything, the more data you give it, the more it's used, the more opportunity it has to get diverse information, the more it has the ability to learn different patterns and sort them and synthesize them. We've been using AI for a while. Think of the earliest forms of it. That's what a search engine is. It, it knows what you're looking for. It looks at keywords there. And then there are these standard tools such as spell check, autocorrect, 
very early examples of AI, at least in my opinion. For example, if you keep misspelling and correcting a word, eventually whatever tool you're using is going to get the idea that when you type in the letters, even though it's misspelled, they know what you mean and it'll autocorrect it for you. And as anybody who uses autocorrect knows, a lot of times it's wrong. <laughs> Isn't it frustrating when you try to text something and it keeps arguing with you of, no, this is what you want. And you're like, no, that's not what I want. That's that AI getting more and more sophisticated and quote unquote learning. That's what it is. We're at this point with AI where instead of it being this yes or no thing, it's either one thing or another, it now has options. Instead of it being black or white, it is in that gray area where it's adding this other layer of options for itself because it's gathered more and more information. Itself has become the program, has been written to be more sophisticated. And this is where we're starting to see that deeper dive that we've been anticipating for a long time now. Just as it learned that when you juxtapose the same letters when you didn't mean it, it's learning your thought patterns, your tastes, the words you use, your syntax, things like that. It can be scary, and then it can also be very helpful. Before you reach out to me and correct me or add your two cents with this, I'm going to repeat. I own that this is a very huge simplification of AI, and I am by no means an expert. Let's talk about what I am an expert in, job searching, and I will share my AI experience and suggestions with you. I'm sure I will be doing a couple of episodes about this as we go down the line, as I learn more, as AI becomes more sophisticated, as we use it more and more. But right now, we're at square one. I want to break it down by the job search tools. And let's start with, I know not everybody's on LinkedIn. We all know I live there. Best place to find me. And people ask all the time because now when you go to do a post, LinkedIn has a pop-up that says, do you want to use AI or do you want to go with your version? I always like how it's, it might as well ask you, do you want to use your version or do you want to use something that might be proven to be more effective? And it makes you question yourself. Don't fall into that trap. Sorry, LinkedIn, it's my thought process here. But let's talk about your LinkedIn profile in general. I say it a million times, and most of you know, any savvy job hunter is looking to game an applicant tracking system. Is the applicant tracking system AI? It's a really early elementary version of it. Most of us get that our LinkedIn feeds are based on our profile, our network, what we comment on, react to, how we react, what we search. We're used to that. We're used to that on other social media. We're used to that in anything now. Because the research that I do for clients, it's often me looking up things that I personally have no interest in, industries, companies, individuals. After a couple of days of browsing and shopping for a client, there is very little in my LinkedIn field or feed that reflects my work and my interests. However, 
if the AI of LinkedIn had feelings, let's not go there, it would probably think it's doing a very good job of serving me because the feed represents very well the things that I am searching on and reacting to and looking at. Sometimes I don't even recognize half the stuff in my feed, and that's the AI doing its thing. It responds to the information that I give it, but it has very little to do with my personal or professional tastes or needs. It's important to know that because let's look at this from that granular level. Your AI is only going to be as good as the information it receives. If you keep looking at the same things over and over, that will constantly be reflected in your feeds and your internet searches, everything else. I hate to admit it, but there was a time where everything online for me outside of LinkedIn was based on the British royal family. I'm not proud of that, but now there's hardly anything in my feed that reflects that. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> sometimes it's a little embarrassing. You log in and you're like, why do I have all these things? Because that's what you were searching on most recently, and that's what you were clicking on, etc. Hence the term clickbait. LinkedIn will do that. LinkedIn will gather your feed based on what's on your profile and what you're doing on LinkedIn. Shouldn't mean you change anything that you do on LinkedIn, but you might want to be a little more mindful, especially if you're in that job search. It's one of the reasons why I tell anybody who works with me, Get into a posting habit or a LinkedIn habit where you post, share, react on those key things that are important to your job search. It'll give you information. It will also get you into other people's feeds, what you want out of this. That's part of artificial intelligence at work. Here's some other applications to it. Let's talk about those job descriptions that you see either on LinkedIn or other sites and resumes. How does artificial intelligence tie into all of that? Go back to the applicant tracking system. Again, a very early form of AI. Think about this. Someone, be it hiring manager, be it recruiter, somebody at an organization determined keywords or needs for a job and wrote a description accordingly. Not only that, but in my experience as a recruiter, in most cases, in order to tie into a portal or a site like LinkedIn or Indeed or Idealist, you usually have to fill out a form that may ask what are the key skills, how, how much education, what type of education, certifications, and all job description is very dependent on the knowledge and skill of the person who enters that information and how much they know and understand the job at hand. If you're writing a job description for a role that you have very little idea about it and you're guessing or supposing that will be reflected in the job description that the public views and anyone applying to it will hopefully, if they've listened to me, skew their resume to what they see. Here's the scary part. <laughs> You're gambling. <laughs> that job description that you see online is accurate. You have no way of knowing unless you know the job. 
the AI is only as good as the information given to it, as the information that it gathers. So kind of marinate on that for a little bit. That dependency of making sure that all the public information matches the actual information is very tenuous at best right now. And that's why you have to read it through. We always say, don't go by job title. Look at the skills. Look at all the experience levels and everything else so that you make the best judgment. Do not just depend on that information being correct because it might not be. No offense to anybody entering it, but we all have to do our homework here. How does that impact resumes? That applicant tracking system has been set up as a gatekeeper. We call it the virtual gatekeeper, a kind of AI. There's this urban legend of the CEO who's leaving a company and decides to throw his resume into the mix or her resume, sorry, into the mix to see if they would get interviewed for the job. The urban legend is that they don't even qualify because they left Microsoft Office Suite off of their resume. Therefore, the virtual gatekeeper of the applicant tracking system kicks them out and doesn't even put them in the maybe pile. And I don't know about you, but I know very few CEOs who do their own PowerPoints or Excel spreadsheets or anything like that. They usually have an admin or they delegate it to somebody else. But because that gatekeeper has been set up that only those who have Microsoft on their resume shall pass, they don't pass onto a job that they already hold. That tells you how dependent we are on it and that we can't be too dependent on these types of technology. AI is this secret sauce that might change all of that. As AI is getting more and more sophisticated, as it goes from the yes or no phase into that maybe phase or this thing of what about this? What about that? Based on all that data that's out there for it, it's getting a little choosier about not only who gets through, but it's also in an odd way being a little more open-minded because it's connecting dots that sometimes we humans forget. I think this is good news and bad news for all of us. Think about it this way. The recruiter or the hiring manager might think that they get all the responsibilities and skills of a given job and what they think it requires. AI might actually change that by adding what's necessary to do a job well into the description because it's taken information not just on its own, but other sources. That's a little scary, but then it's also, I think, a good thing because now we're not just dependent on one or two people in an organization deeming what a job, what is needed to be successful at a job. Now we're getting multiple, think of it this way, it's not the AI making the decision. It is the AI gathering the intelligence from lots of other resources and finding those holes in the information that humans can't always enter everything. We're busy. We don't have time. We miss things. We don't know. 
AI is a little catch-all in this instance for that. And that's going to continue to go the more and more sophisticated AI gets. It will think of things that one person might miss because it's getting that information from a collective. It might even include things like outcomes, performance standards, and other criteria a hiring manager or a recruiter might not even think of. Eventually, an AI applicant tracking system probably will be able to read into someone's resume to see beyond the bullet points that they've listed to figure out whether or not someone should be interviewed or continue in the process for a specific job. It will probably be able to tell that even though someone might not have industry experience, they have the skills required for a role. If you've been paying attention lately, you've probably noticed that a lot of organizations are looking beyond industry experience and education to interview people for jobs. AI is only going to continue that very happy trend, in my opinion. It will see beyond the resume. It will see how well a resume and a job description mesh up not just by the keywords that the applicant tracking system was taking care of, but also by compatibility. One day, who knows? Here's the big question. Should you use AI for your job search? And should you disclose that you're using it? As always, my answer is that it depends. There's so many factors at play here. And the first one, only you can determine that, and this should be the final decision maker, you. What are you comfortable doing? If you want to experiment with AI, go ahead, find a platform for a given task, plug into it, play away. I am not going to suggest a platform for you. You do the choosing, you do the shopping. Let, I, let AI work for you. Here's an idea. Go ahead and search the internet. Let AI help you find an AI platform. I will suggest experimenting and seeing which one you like best. Don't settle for the first one you try and definitely be mindful. Let's go back to what I said at the beginning of my own experimentation. I asked AI to suggest book titles based on a summary of my book. And I did this in multiple platforms that were going to help me generate a book title using AI. I think I tried about eh, five of them. In the summary that I entered in the tool that I ended up using, I included the audience of my book. My second book is going to be for people starting their careers, especially Gen Z. 10 out of the 25 titles that were generated for me had the word millennial in it. Yeah, I felt both aghast and superior by this. I was like, ha, AI is not as savvy as we all think. And maybe it's not even, maybe it's much ado about nothing. I told this to a colleague who then suggested to me that I use the titles generated by the platform as a reflection of the information I gave it. That maybe... And I hate to admit this, but they were 100% correct. I needed to work on how I described my book. 
That was amazing advice that came from, yep, a person. And that's the key. My other big experiment for AI was a job description that I mentioned. I did go to a corporate client. I suggested using AI. I think they were happy I was doing the experiment for them. I had to write the job description from scratch for a brand new role that they wanted in their organization. I knew the organization and what they did. I had a good feel for the role itself. I'd interviewed multiple people who would be working with the person who ultimately took that role, what they needed from it, what their experience was. I also did a search of similar roles in other equal organizations. I felt I'd done my homework. After I plugged everything into my platform of choice, I was happy it gave me about two pages of a job description. And then I stopped being as happy as it continued to spit out another four pages of duties, most of which had nothing to do with the role. And this is where you have to be mindful. At a closer inspection, I noticed that it looked like, because I couldn't ask it, but it looked like the tool, AI, had selected a specific definition of one of the words in the job title and ran with it. When in reality, it had very little to do with the actual job. The word was in the title because it reflected the organization itself and not the role. It also reflected the industry. AI didn't account for that, even though I was very specific about where this role would work, the kind of organization, things like that. Another issue was the quality. Uh, the term AI is everywhere, and everyone is jumping into the mix. There are many platforms to search through and try and experiment on. When I got that now six-page job description, I had to go through and eliminate things I knew wouldn't work in the organization, things that I knew weren't relevant to the job itself. Also, because I'd done my research and I'd interviewed countless people at the organization, I knew that they wanted a different requirement than that job usually held in other organizations. They wanted to tweak the, the standard model. AI didn't take that into account. Remember, AI takes a collective. I had to go through and make some changes in a few metrics, a few bullet points. I had to add something, subtract some things, and whittle it back down. It was a fair bit of editing on my part. I don't mind sharing that. Keep that in mind when you use AI, that you are getting multiple opinions that might not match your own or your need. And only you know that. This is something, when I handed in that job description, the person who I gave it to sent back in an email and they said, are you feeling obsolete yet? And I wrote back and said, absolutely not. In fact, I think I'm needed more now than ever. Because that human touch, that human interaction, that human decision-making is more essential than ever with AI. You can get all the information. You decide. You can weed it out. Think of AI as the gatherer. You're the quality control, the color. And that's important uh, 
for anything that you do for the job search. I say this all the time, if you search AI and there's always all of these tools and articles that come up and it's staggering, they're diverse, they all have different bells and whistles, they do all of these different things, because it's new and because everybody wants to be a part of it, I would say quality of these tools and what they can do and where they bring information from can also be suspect. By its own Eidos, AI is evolving. It will always evolve. Right now, saying that one platform is better than the others, it's not really saying a lot. We're still figuring it out. Organizations are figuring it out. AI is figuring it out. We are constantly refining. This is going to take a lot of time, a lot of expertise. Think back to when there were Dozens of search engines. There were. I know right now we think there are mainly two. Guess what? There was a point in time where you had your pick. Am I the only one who remembers Ask Jeeves? Okay. Let AI, it's going to narrow down its own pool. And that quality is going to improve. That is its point, And we need to let that naturally happen. So I think now is the time to explore, to play, to figure out how you might want to use it. AI will constantly move and hopefully improve. It might be good to get a feel for the, the basics and keep going back and building on it if you think this is a routine thing for you. Do not solely rely on it for your job search. I think it's great to get some information. You are the ultimate decider. That's the best point I have for you here. I don't see harm in it. Beware. Be a little careful. Know what you want. Know what you want the tool to do for you. Know what you're looking for. Please do not find a tool, ask it to write a resume for you, and without carefully looking through it, send that resume. I think most of us can tell when something is AI generated and hasn't gone through human fingers, make sure that you do that. I can't stress it enough. Anything as a result of AI should go through one person, if not a couple of more. It's your job search. Ultimately, that decision maker should be you, not the tool, not the artificial intelligence. Anything you use to apply for a job is ultimately your responsibility. You do not want to be in an interview and have someone ask you about a skill you don't have or a former job duty you never performed. You will be found out, and actually it's fraud. I had a client once tell me, after they wrote their resume, the most dawning part of it was that blank page, that getting started piece. But once they had something on that page, but they felt so much better and relieved that there was something that they could edit. And they admitted that first sweep, not very high quality, but it became easier to edit outwards, to wordsmith something. I know that feeling. I face it every day. I have content to write. That's an area where AI can be very helpful. 
in getting ideas down for you to review and to refine. I think that's one of the best things that AI can do for someone in the job search, especially if you've maybe been a little blindsided and you weren't expecting to have to look for a job. You're dealing with a lot of emotion right now. And having AI help you out to get things started for you takes a bit of a load off of your mind and your back. And then you can come in and correct it and put your seal on it, your brand. And that's where I think AI right now, be it for your resume, for your cover letter, even if you have to do a biography for yourself, if you're lucky enough to be starting a job, sometimes they want the bio, something like that, the about me section of LinkedIn, I think this is where AI can serve you well. And I would suggest that's a great place to experiment. For now, I would look to AI as just that, a tool. It's not the ultimate. That's up to you. But you should make your choices and your decisions with confidence. Do not let an application override your better judgment. You decide how you want a recruiter and a hiring manager to view you. You have to be comfortable with all aspects of your job search. And you have to feel that you present a proper reflection of who you are and who you will be when you are hired. And that's it. That's my immediate take on artificial intelligence and the job search. I hope you found this helpful. Keep coming back. I have a feeling we'll be talking about this topic a lot. And there you have it for today. I hope you learned something or heard something today that is helping you as you are in your out of work journey and that will help you normalize the conversation about being out of work. If you heard something that resonated with you, please show us support, subscribe, like, or comment on something. If you'd like to learn more information, you can reach out to me on LinkedIn, Sabina Sula. I'm the only one. You can also reach out to me on my website, reworkingworks.com. You can also email me at ssulat at reworking.com. I'd love to hear from you. If you want to know about private coaching, more about the book, more about the podcast, I wish you luck in your getting back to work journey. I hope that you've learned something here that if it hasn't made that journey a little shorter, it's at least made it a little easier. Until next time, thanks for joining.